You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It's episode 81. Can you believe it? Yes, yes, I can. 2022. Damon Frank here with Christina Dennis. A little, uh, we had a little live stream tech issue coming in there. So I hope everybody's with us today. If you're Thank listening you. on the podcast, if you're listening on YouTube, hello. How you doing, Christina? I'm What's doing beautiful. On? And I want to remind everybody that this episode has been brought to you by uh, Recovered Life Contributors. And there is a wonderful way for those who've been asking on how to support us. Make sure that you check this out. It's you can support Recovered Life with buymeacoffee.com forward slash Recovered Life. And this will help us continue to help others live their best recovered life. So that is very cool for everyone who's been asking. Thank you so much for mentioning that, Christina. Yes, you know what? The people who are listening to this, you are the people who are keeping the Recovered Life show going. Absolutely. You are the people who are making it happen. We're doing it for the people that are in the recovery community. And thank you for mentioning that because we do have the donation link up if people would like to help. We also have got a great show. I, I can't, I can't, I'm so excited. It's Friday. Another yes. week live streaming. We made our commitment. It's we made so our commitment. And it's fun. You know, people are fun. commenting and reaching out to me. And last night we did an Instagram live that's going to be put into our schedule. And it was a lot of fun, the interaction. So I, I really, I really think this is such a, a good space for those of us in recovered life. And, you know, we go live around eight-ish a.m. <laughs> eight-ish sharp. Around... Eight-ish sharp. <laughs> oh, come on. It's not sharp. It's already like, it's already a couple minutes after. So if you guys are listening to this on your favorite podcast network, um, you know, we we do go live here and we're live on YouTube, Facebook, all the stuff at 8 a.m. And sometimes that's hard on Fridays because we have lives, kids, you know, we, yes. we're doing things, right? Yes. So we try to make, we try to be as prompt as we can. We're getting better and better and better with it. We are. So. We're so thr- we're so thrilled that everybody's with us here on this uh, Friday. So, Christina, we've got two really great segments, uh, sure and do. I'm going to just dive into the, fr- the first one. Um, and it was pretty exciting. You know, President Biden had a State of the Union, and he was talking about uh, he was talking about addiction, and I'd love it. I'd love to talk about that a little bit. It was. Because- it, it- I'm sorry to interrupt you. If you Google presidents about addiction, it was so interesting to see, you know, it first started with Nixon and then, you know, Ronald Reagan, President Reagan, and then several others. And it was really cool to see the difference in the messaging um, as we continue to talk about these things. Um, President Biden basically let us know that they've earmarked $41 billion, $41 billion to uh, have this health initiative. They talked about the fact that overdosing has become dangerously common um, from you know fentanyl being laced in the drugs. And I know we don't always talk about the drug addiction, but people are dying daily from it. And the initiative also has something that I think is very exciting in it, which is it's gonna go directly to programs. They're calling them Mommy and Me programs, because that is a hole in our our system where women who need to get help, who have children, don't have anywhere to go because they don't have any place to put their children. And so the mommy and me, I think is, I mean, I thought it was 
beautiful to hear that. The rehabs or the inpatient rehabs that I've had around here, um, only like one allows you to bring your children in. And that's like a big problem if you're trying to get sober and they need our help more than anyone. You know, I, you know, we typically do not talk about politics on no. the Recovered Life show because we just, I just never have. It's, I find that in recovery, politics are very alienating. So sure. I don't, you know, look, the message is the message, right? This is about right. recovery. But I, 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 I read all that and I found that that that's interesting. Yes. And, you know, I, 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 being on, you know, working in recovery, you see people all the time that don't have the resources that want to mm -hmm. get sober mm -hmm. and they're physically addicted. Yes. They need they help. Maybe have mental health challenges. They can't. And, you know, historically in historically, sometimes that money doesn't really get to the people who need it. Unfortunately, I'm aware of right? that. Like, yes. I've seen that in Los Angeles, like, you know, condos that are, you know, that are a million five, <laughs> they only really help five people, right? Like, so yes. I've seen that stuff, but I, I, you know, what I found interesting, I hope this goes to everybody who needs it. Of course, I think it's uh, money well spent uh, because, you know, we know that when people get into recovery, uh, they thrive for the most part, right? Like, they so do. They I do. really like that. But here's what I want to talk with you about at the beginning of this. I want to dive into where he's earmarking this money. Right. But this is interesting because I'd never seen this ever before. Ever. This number. He, he His quote here, if you're suffering from addiction, know you're not alone. I believe in recovery and I celebrate the 23 million Americans in recovery. Wow. That Now that that number, I was like, wow. It's low, I think. I think it is low. I, I was wondering what, of course, you know, I'm competitive. So I was wondering what number I am and <laughs> the people that are alive that are recovering. Like, where am I? Am I going to be in the, am I going to be in the 3 million, the 5 million? Like, where am I going to, where am I going to fall? Right. I want to oh know my, my ranking. You're so funny. You're so funny. You know, I, I 23 million that are in recovery, but we know that there's at least 10 million people out there just with the statistics of what we've discussed on this show previously, maybe even more that really need help, which is one of the reasons why I think Recovered Life is such a blessing to our community. Um, I agree with you that there's probably some definite holes in it um, just because it seems like that always happens every time. But having the discussion, I think, is is improving. You know, it started with war on drugs, and there's all kinds. If you do the history, if you dive into it, you'll see that a lot of it started in the Nixon era. And the yeah. and the other part of this is the harm reduction. And I think that that can be politicized, and that I feel is very unfortunate. And harm reduction means that they are, you know taking this this huge population that is addicted medically, you know, that will shut down and they're slowly bringing them off. And I think a lot of times it's confusing to people. They think black and white, they need to stop, get them stopped. But not always is that the case. Sometimes that can be really, really dangerous. Yeah. So I, I hope that that people like for me, I didn't even understand what harm reduction meant meant for many years until I started to realize you know, how much danger there is involved. And when we're looking at results, it, it actually works. Statistically, it works. Well, I think, you know, I think I always find this interesting because I see where the resources, you know, I had an experience a couple of years ago uh -huh. with a men's group that I was involved in, in the Valley here in Los Angeles. And there was a uh, a young kid that had mm -hmm. uh, joined us. I'm not going to, you know, get into any of the details here, 
uh, but he clearly had major addiction issues, mm -hmm. uh, physical addiction issues. He also had some mental health issues. Um, getting people sober, getting people into facilities is not so easy. Mm -mm. Like, you know, like everybody says, like, and I have family members and friends who are not in recovery. It says, well, why don't they just go detox or why don't they just go into a program? It's not so easy. It isn't. Even if you have really good insurance sometimes, it's, you know, as an interventionist, there's just, not you know, enough beds such out a there. good interventionist, Christina. Yeah. And there's not but, enough beds. Yeah, there's not enough. And, but even getting an interventionist mm -hmm. uh, to work for you on your behalf, to find one that's going to work for you. That's right. Or whatever. It's a, it's, it's hard and there isn't enough beds. And I know here in Los Angeles, you know, the options that we had with this kid and, you know, this has happened several times where we've had to get people together that are in recovery to come up with some sort of resource to be able to get people in places. Right. Because the reality is, is that it's not so easy. So, and then, so there's that, that side of it. And then there's the other side of it that I found interesting because they talk about drug over overdose deaths in in pennsylvania Huge, right well, totally what was like i'm reading the number here well it was 104, 100 yeah 104,000 americans have died and yeah and we we're talking specifically i don't i think that number is actually low because i oh, still I don't feel, think it's right no i still feel that you know alcohol is one of the most dangerous drugs out there and i'm not sure i mean i really believe that they didn't include that they're specifically talking about i believe the the uh the huge surge in fentanyl. And here's the thing, it's such a dangerous drug that if somebody happens to have something laced, I mean, they're gone, they're gone. And we don't talk about that pandemic or epidemic very much. And I think that that it was awesome to hear it from our lawmakers, you know, that yes. we need to do this. And sometimes harm reduction is the very next step, right? Because as people are getting to their decision or they're figuring it out, they need the help to get off of the chemicals and the drugs physically, then they can make better decisions. But going cold turkey for some people is is a death sentence. They can't. Well, I saw that you were talking about Nixon and Reagan mm -hmm. comments, and I wasn't as through. I know that, uh, you know, obviously Betty Ford. Yes. Uh, that was a huge, like when Betty Ford came out, uh, so you know, being be, being one of the elite, mm -hmm. you know, people of the United States. I don't even know how you'd say that, but, uh, you know, being able to come out and say, hey, I have an addiction problem and other people do, too, it is slowly. But I think that's such a big thing, you know, whether you, you know, taking the politics out of it. Right. That that if you and the money out of it, too, to just recognize that there are millions of people in the United States that have done the deal. So yes. I think if you're if you're listening to this, uh, you know, that should give you some hope if you're struggling. If you know, if you're downloading this and and you're like, wow, you know, I'm not gonna be able to get through another day, you know, look, there's been a lot of people, there's a lot of people in recovery, way more than you know. Right. And addiction is addiction. You know, I also think that there's a classes, you know, like yeah. like almost a caste system here in America, like, oh, I just drink, so therefore I'm better. And a lot of people, and you've said this before, that there have been people that, you know, they were on, I mean, the oxycodone, you know, the, the opiate, and they were given to it honestly by their doctors. There wasn't a lot of disclosure about how addictive it was. And then you have someone who has managed their life pretty well that is out buying heroin because the opiates yeah. are gone. And then the heroin is laced. And so this is happening. It's across all classes. 
right? And look, if- I mean, I, and I know, and you know, I we have to be, you know, in this climate, we have to be careful about some as we say with the platforms that that we're at on, unfortunately. But you know, look, at the same time, we're talking in the State of the Union about the drug companies. Yes. And at the same time, we're talking about opioid addiction. Yes. And, uh, and and I'm not saying every drug company or whatever, but there were predatory things going on with drug companies and opioid oh, addiction, right? Absolutely. So uh, so not to name any names, and you know this is my opinion, but you know, look when you look into the facts, it's not uh, it's uh, it's not good. But you know, here here's the thing that I think that's also interesting about this too, Christina, is that uh, the fact that recovery is so mainstream, and right. I find you know. Here's been my experience, and I want to ask you about this. Uh, Hit me. My, my experience with money and recovery and politics and recovery, it never works out well. Yeah. And <laughs> no, you know, like no matter what they do, because I think at the end of the day, I now it's not that I don't think money is important. I do. I you yes, have to have it's it. Necessary. Right? Like, yes. Look, you do intervention work. It's super expensive. You're it is. flying around places. You're doing stuff. You're staying in hotels. You know, there, there's transportation, there's exactly. detoxers. It's really just overwhelming the amount of cost. But the, the thing is, is that community, I think, is what people gets people sober. Community uh, is what they, and And in all of these things, I notice that they come out, it's never about building community. No, no, it's they always don't. About how do we fund this? How do we fund that? Yes, but, yes. It's, but it's not at the tip of the spear, in my opinion. Well, and the people that direct the studies that go out and get this empirical evidence, they seem to forget that the peer support piece is important. You know, if you ever attend something, um, just so everybody knows, the interventions that I do are open interventions. So they're not the getcha, I gotcha kind of interventions. And they include a year of community mm-hmm. after, you know, that it's about healing the family system. And so it's, you know, maybe different than the, the television show that happened, uh, that sometimes people, when they hear that word, that's their, that's their example. But if you ever listen to a lot of medical professionals talk about addiction, they never share, well, I shouldn't say never, often they skip the part about peer support. Yeah. And I believe peer support is the number one reason why I stayed sober and am staying sober. And, you know, because if we all know that drinking excessively and, um, you know, putting a needle in our arm is taking our life into our own hands, we do know that here. But until we have examples of people that love each other, that are living a sober life, we can't conceptualize. Like I said, when I first got sober, I didn't even know there were other people out there that drank like I did. And that is huge. That is huge. And so every program, I wish they would do that. And I think eventually we'll get there where they start talking about that piece of it. It is, it is big. And, you know, and I think, uh, I think the one thing that I would like to, you know, say that I totally support here Mm -hmm. that I found great was this comment that he did do, which we brought up on screen right now Yes, about just saying, Hey, you're not alone. 23 million people are out there that are in recovery. And, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of business people, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, politicians and people that are outwardly open saying like, look, we've got to deal with this because if you, you know, the, being involved, you know, look, you're, you're in Orange County. Yes. Uh, and I'm in Los Angeles County and, you know, addiction has, uh, I'm not going to say ruined the cities. I think this is a drastic statement, but it has definitely put it's a, a, a tint. Yes. 
on the quality of life here in yes. Los Angeles County. And um, it's sad, you know, because as someone who would like to help people in recovery, and as somebody who has a track record of doing that, it's very hard to do. It's very, very hard to do. And, you know, when you get right down to the, the nitty gritty of it, uh, it's these small little hole in the wall, 12 step meetings that are barely holding on mm-hmm. through a couple nickels and quarters, right? Mm-hmm. Or one person or two people decide that business people decide that, you know, no matter what, even if we have to go out of our pocket, we're going to make sure that there's a room here every Wednesday right. or, right. you know, five days a week. There's a lot that goes behind the scenes to keep this moving. And look, I mean, any kind of money, even if it's not spent well, is, is I think, appreciated because we have to find a way out of this, you know? And if you're listening oh, to this, look, you might totally. be listening to this uh, and you're, you know, you're sitting under a bridge in Phoenix. Right. And you're like, hey, you know what? The, you know, it's it hasn't worked out for me and there <laughs> are no resources to get. I firmly believe that the biggest resource that people have is willingness. Yes. Yes. And that and is it. There's no amount of money that's going to be able to buy willingness. No. And, and once you see other people, that's why the peer support, once you see other people living a life and you have something, some kind of example, you know, the willingness gets even bigger and bigger, but it's that beginning part. And I think the more we have conversations, the less we destigma, you know, the less we stigmatize addiction you know, and recovery too, the better off we will be. And I, and I really love it. Um, Gabrielle Jello talks about her generation and it's very exciting to me to watch people talk about it. You know, there's still a party culture and sometimes you're doing well and that comes right along. I, I hear all kinds of stories where somebody's successful and part of their success in their mind is the party atmosphere. You know, yeah. there's still businesses that, um, you know, if you don't order a drink, somebody thinks something is wrong with you. It's really interesting to me. So I hope we keep having these conversations. Well, I think, you know, I think in, I think in some, I, I think that the party scene, the drug abuse, mm-hmm. alcohol abuse scene is alive and well, very well, you yeah. know, and, you know, I see it, I see it going on. You know, I was shocked, you know, I had a, a family friend, I was at a party and there were two or three people that were older that mm-hmm. were in recovery. They were like, you know, one was in his seventies, oh, wow. you know, late seventies mm-hmm. and, you know, had gone through the whole thing, you know, in the seventies and eighties, literally. Mm-hmm. Right. So long-term sobriety. And they were talking about, they're talking about the change and the difference of the awareness of kids. Now at the same time, I think that kids have an awareness that people can become addicted, that there mm-hmm. is some physical thing that mental health plays a huge role in it. Um, and so I like, it's amazing how much they know. Right. Right. But at the same time, at the same time, you see story, we could do five stories today about kids in college overdosing on ketamine. Yes. Right. Well, that's what I was just so, going to say. As much as we're becoming aware, the drugs are becoming more powerful yeah. and they're dangerous. You can go out and experiment for the first time ever and die. Yeah. You know, so we are really in a place where it's, it's, we're in the fire stage. Like we have to continue to come and talk about it and, uh, you know, share and be old fuddy duddies. I have a good friend who's been in recovery for a long time. They lost their son and it was his first year of college. And he was never a kid who partied or got into trouble. 
and boom, he was gone. Well, the peer pressure, the peer pressure, and you know, and this is the 23 million Americans, we're not talking about the people who, even if that was an accurate number, which I don't think it is, I think it's much no. more. Yes. But if you, if you, uh, and I don't know where they get that number too, but no. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's good that it was mentioned, right? Like, it is I just want to state, like, I'm pro, I'm really glad that he mentioned that. And I definitely applaud that. Uh, but we're not talking about the people who are already in trouble that haven't been identified. Right. Right. So, so there's, as anyone who knows that that's listening to this, it's been in the recovery game. And I think, listen, man, you know, I, I, I will tell you, I have been a guy in recovery who's done a lot and I've been a guy who's done nothing. Mm. Right. To, to help people. I, I've been that guy, right. There were years where I did no, I didn't really do any service or anything like that. Right. And, um, I, I will tell you, I think it's on the people that have, that have get, have gotten this gift. Yes. That is going to be, it's going to be people who have gotten this gift. You don't have to do a show no. like Christine and I are doing. You don't have to do, you could spend, you could spend an hour a week, uh, just helping somebody. True. Just checking in with somebody so per true. day. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, the economy is really bad right now. It's harder. It could be, you know, look, if you, if you've, if you've been blessed and you have success, it could be just helping somebody out getting Absolutely. them into a rehab or whatever, right? Like right. it doesn't, it, it doesn't take billions of dollars. Sometimes it just takes a couple people who really care. Right, right. I mean, I did, I am a product of my sobriety of an employee assistance program, but I have met thousands of people that somebody was willing to take them, you know, to a place to introduce them to other people who were in recovery. And that is absolutely the most important thing, you know, yes. in our lives. I had years where I have, uh, everybody knows that I have a high support needs son. And it was very, very difficult for me to be out there, and, you know, and helping people. But I still was able to show up and attend that meeting weekly. I had one home group and I was able to take some phone calls. So, and, and it increases your life joy. So there's, yeah, yeah services, everything. Service totally changed my life. You know, I will, I say this openly. It's like, uh, you know, you really get to be a per like you can only acquire so much stuff you can only, right. Acquire, right? <laughs> so it's like at the end of the day, you know, you look back and you say, wow, having an effect on people in that way brings something to you. So if you're, if you're listening to this, I'm just telling you, you know, if you're in Cincinnati, Ohio, driving mm -hmm. the car saying, you know what? Maybe I could do a little bit more. I challenge you do a little bit more, right? Bit. Like, mm -hmm. and I think take what what uh, what what Joe Biden said uh, as as the acknowledgement that hey, you know, there are so many people out there doing it. What would happen if just these twenty three million people decided one day that they're all going to help one person? Right? That would be you know the the whole. It's just like the Recovered Life Show here. Mm -hmm. It's like you know, uh, giving a dollar or five dollars, you know, to help us out. Right. I got to tell you, Christine, it doesn't seem like a lot. It's like, well, what, how does that work? But if a million people get five dollars, the amount of the amount of information that we can put out to people who are suffering huge. is is amazing. It is. It is huge. And like you said, you don't have to have a show. You don't have to shout it from the rooftops. You don't even have to be recovering out loud. You can find people they're out there where we can be of service to another human being. And I think that more now than ever, we need to double down on this part of our lives. Yes, you know, yes. It's what a great segment. Thank you, Christina. This is so great. Thanks for bringing this to my attention because we had this talk yesterday and I said, 
so I, I see all these things on social media and I'm like, what, what's this about? And you did the research and brought it yes. in. And thank you so much. This is really great. I, uh, I, you know, and I think the message of this segment is more can be done, mm-hmm. more is being done. And we applaud anyone who's willing to even make an attempt. Yes. Honestly. Yeah. It's, and it's the, to that point. Anyone who's willing to make an attempt, we, we, yes. we applaud. Yeah. T- the time is now. The time is now. Well, as we, uh, as we go into, uh, the transition here into our next segment, I wanted to just, I wanted to let everybody know about a, uh, about a really great, uh, free gift that we have yes. for everybody. And if you're listening, if you like gifts, you're like, <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Uh-huh. I like that. I like free gifts. You know, Christina and I put together, Christina actually did put together this free three day challenge, uh, that is really a primer for anyone that's in recovery, it's all it's it's called can't say no, and it's a mm-hmm. three day challenge. Uh, and I, I want to say that it's centered in codependency, Christina. It is, it but is. It, it's it's a little bit more than that. It's really kind of like people might be listening to Christina and I talk about codependency and say, you know, is that me? I don't know. You don't 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 worry about it. Is what I'm telling you with this no. can't say no. Can't say no is a three day challenge for people that really can't say no. And if you're constantly overwhelmed, you know, listen, listen to me when you're saying this. Like, if you're listening to this, you're constantly overwhelmed. You're an over volunteer. You can yes. never do enough. <laughs> you feel that maybe people are kind of in a way using you a bit, right? right. Like you're, you're just in this cycle, but you're not really getting anything from it. It's just this big cycle. I, I, I really, I'm telling you, you need to go to recoveredlife.us forward slash can't say no and take this free day challenge. It takes a minute to sign up. You mm-hmm. also become a free member of the recovered life community. You can join the conversation and Christina walks you through how to set boundaries in three days that can totally change your life. Absolutely. It does. It changes your life. It's very easy. All you have to do is go to recoveredlife.us forward slash can't say no. That's recoveredlife.us forward slash can't say no. We hope to see you there and on Recovered Life. So after this break, Christina, TGIF Sober, let's do this. You're listening to the Recovered Life Show. And welcome back after the break to Recovered Life Show. Yes. How you, guys, how you doing, Christina? Segment I'm doing two. Beautiful. I'm very T-G-I-F excited about this. I F sober. <laughs> we always have fun on Fridays. Well, real quick before we go into that, I want to remind everybody another way to support us is like, share, and follow, especially after the last segment we just had. We want to hear from you. We want to see the comments and we want you to tell other people about us. We are on every platform. If you are driving in the car, you're not able to watch. That's okay because we have podcasts on Spotify, uh, Apple, all of the ones. If you if you have a platform, we're probably on it and we want to continue to spread the word. So please like, share and follow and give us a comment so that we can respond and have different segments that you're interested in. Thank you. you. You know, thank you so much for mentioning that, Christina. You know, the yesterday I connected with a guy that I hadn't spoken with forever who left a message on Facebook. I didn't even know he was watching wow. a live show on Facebook, right? He he saw a replay of one of the popular segments, uh, the one that we did Wednesday about exercise. And he was like, you know what? This is really going to help me. So yeah. shout out uh, yes. to my buddy here who was listening. Thank you so much. 
And, uh, you know, just this whole liking, share and following, Christina, just a simple act of you liking the show right now, Mm -hmm. you are helping people because with the algorithm, it gets it out there. Mm -hmm. Other people can find it in their feed. And, you know, just that simple thing of just hitting that like button, sharing it, doing a little comment, you know, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. So TGIF Sober, we went, we made it through another week. Every Friday we have TGIF Sober. It is a discussion about, uh, it's basically a party. It is. It's basically <laughs> like our party hour that starts at 8 a.m. in the morning. Eight-ish. <laughs> we're, we're early non-drinkers. We are. Early we non-drinkers. Are. So this week, Christina, it was very interesting. We had a lot of clubhouse rooms. We had yes. four. Yes. Right. We've already had four in the can. We had th- two shows. What was your favorite part about it? What, what did you What did you learn? What was the thing that you liked the most? I really enjoyed yesterday's room about clarity and clutter, and I love that we were having that conversation because it's often something that we don't talk about if you're in recovery. And what I discovered was again, I am not alone. So many people talked about their you know, search, they buying the things, getting the dopamine hit, and then recognizing that there's really no more room and how can they declutter not only their closets and their home, but their mind. And I really enjoyed that. So there were really good stories. One woman talked about how she was going to possibly change her living situation so she could continue to hold on to her stuff. And I love the connection of an inventory while you're cleaning it out, while you're moving Mm -hmm. things around. I really enjoyed that show. We also talked on Tuesday about Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart, and that book is blowing my mind. So perhaps we can do a segment on some of the, the things that are coming out of that. It's so interesting to listen to a researcher who researches emotions share. And one thing that I learned, this is going to blow your mind, was that resentment is not part of the anger family. Resentment is part of the envy family. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it? You know what? I was I was in that room. I got there late, but I did not hear that part of it. So talk to me about that. So it's really not anger. It's envy. It's envy. And so you can break it down. I am. So for instance, her, her um, description hit home so much. She, she said, there's nothing that pisses me off more than somebody who shuts their computer down and says something like, I know this is due tomorrow, but I'm spent and I need to go, you know, home. She says that feels like, and I feel that way. I'm very, you know, people who take care of themselves. It used to be that way for me where I'd be like, you can't go home. It's not finished. You can't turn in B plus work. It's not right. And I would seethe inside. And so learning that resentment wasn't the anger family. It was actually envy. What I was really angry about, and that's what she shared, was I wasn't angry that you were getting rest. I didn't want you not to have rest. I was angry that I wasn't getting rest. You know, I and that's where it came from. I was frustrated because I wasn't able to do what you were doing. I was envious because I want to be the person who shuts down my computer and says, I'm spent. This is going to have to wait till tomorrow. And that really like a bullseye right through my eyes. I was like, wow, that is so true. You know, I've never looked at it like that. I have to Mm -hmm. tell you, I've never. And that was the great thing about the room. I'd never thought about that, that it was really maybe a me issue. It's not a them issue because I would be too. I'd be disgusted with people who quit. Oh, that's the word she used. Disgusted. disgusted. Uh Yeah. 
And it's totally. And once you're able to do that, I think there's also like resentment's a big word in recovery, right? But it separates what a true resentment is and what's and, and the true emotion of anger, you know? And a lot of times for me, I hear people say, you know, I was resentful when the truth was they were angry and they needed to share that grief and they needed to get it out and they needed to right the wrong by, you know, for themselves. Yeah. And I thought this really explains why resentment doesn't totally cover some of the things that we put down in an inventory. Sometimes it is anger. Well, you, you know? know, this is, this makes a lot of sense to me. And I, you know, Christina, you know that I coach, you know, high performance people yes. a lot. Yes. A lot of guys in recovery, right? And and one of the one of the things, one of the superpowers when we start to find people's superpowers. Right. You know, one of the superpowers with people that have recovered from addiction or in the process of recovering is the ability to double down and go deep yes. and to go through pain. So that's why it's no, it's no it's no coincidence that when you look in the entertainment, pop mm -hmm. culture, when you look at the promotion, marketing, sales, when you look at successful business people, right, a lot of them are in recovery, right? Like there's yes, a huge overwhelming amount. Why is that? I think it's because we can really double down on pain. We can walk through it, right? right. But there's a flip side. So we'll be the guy at three o'clock to say, no, we're not going to stop because we don't have this proposal done. Correct. Um, and we'll, we'll be that person. But at the same time, it's... It alienates people. It messes with our personal communication with others and our ability to have relationships. And it moves into codependency and messing with other people and resentment and all these other things, right? So there's two sides of that coin. Absolutely. Um, and that's why you see, I think, a lot of people in recovery, they always talk about getting off the roller coaster. It's the up and down. They're mm -hmm. able to, we're able to go up really quick, really fast, and we go down just as fast. Well, and I struggled for years with being right-sized and right-sized means, you know, that my ego's in check, that I'm one of many, I'm not the leader, I don't have to be the first. And we talked a lot about um, this on the Tuesday room, uh, which is, you know, rewire your brain room. And we were talking about, you know, comparison and comparison is something that happens to us. So all of these really beautifully worded things and stuff that we say to ourselves about stop comparing yourself, mm -hmm. it's impossible. It, it is something that will happen. It's the meaning behind the comparison that we need to do. And so that we need to look at and decide, is this something that I'm going to take this information and, you know, try to win and beat them? Or is this something that I'm going to take this information? Now I have an example to move forward. And so these high performing people, which many, many people in recovery are high performing, they are comparing themselves to somebody else and, you know, wanting to be better, wanting to win, and then they are exhausted. And so being yes. right-sized allows me not to have these impossible high standards. When I really looked at it and I saw these high, you know, super impossible standards, so high, I recognized that I had for other people, I recognized that I would be resentful because I had these impossibly high standards for myself. And so the minute that I was able to become right-sized, you know, and, and stop having this little competition with people, I was able to be a lot more graceful toward others.
Well, you know what? You you know, I've learned a lot from you because you know, I am one of these people that you you discuss. You know <laughs> that I am like I have a large capacity to wade through crap. Yes. And I also have I also get stuff done. Like I'm a, I'm a worker, right? But at the same time, I'm super hard on myself. Like I called you yesterday and I was like, "Okay, we've done this this and this, but I am so far behind." And you're like, "Wait, what?" Like <laughs> we just did, we got like the donation thing up. We got, you know, we got all this content created. It's going well. But yet in my mind, right, like, and I know today, like one of the things about recovery is you need a system to be able to get out of things, right? And Correct. I know that that's what I tell the people that I coach. It's like, hey, you know what? Like you got to step back a little bit and you got to get right size and you got to get right in the morning. Because I woke up with what I thought was a resentment, right? But mm-hmm. it's not, it's more of a lack of power thing, right? Like, mm. and 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 I I love that, like, you know, 12 steps introduced me to that whole lack of power was is our dilemma, right? right? And, and that is it. Like, it's just like, it's like, I wanna be able to take action, but I feel that maybe somebody's standing in my way or I, I, I just can't take the action that I need to take, right. right? So it's like, it builds up what it feels like is a resentment. It feels like it's anger, but now, you know, that I'm thinking about this, it's not, it is envy. It's, it's like, I wish I had the power. Right. Right. And, and perhaps the lesson in that is that what you're attempting to do isn't the right thing to do right then, you know, and, and having that wherewithal to be like, okay, what am I envious? And so the solution isn't that they work more. The solution isn't higher standards. The actual solution is to learn to rest and let others do what they need to do. Okay. Um, well, now you've said a, a really bad word that we're going to have to beep on the air. I think what you were talking about was patience, <laughs> which is the three I said, reco- you know, I told a friend, I said, recovery is great. If I could just get rid of, uh, if I could just get rid of powerlessness, unmanageability and, uh, and patience. If I could, if I could, you know, if I, besides those three things, it's great. It's great. You know what I mean? But I like, I don't like those three things. We don't because of the dopamine hit, right? We don't because it feels uncomfortable to be resting. One of the hardest actions I've ever had to take was not taking action sitting on my hands. And when I work with people, this comes up over and over again. And pushing that boulder up when there's actually an elevator that we can stick it in is is really a gift, but it doesn't feel comfortable in the beginning. It doesn't feel comfortable. If we can pause just enough to let a higher source, whatever you want to call, you know, higher intelligence, the universe, um, I choose to call God. If we can let step back and not be, you know, the center then things can work out without that much effort. I mean, that's the, that's the lesson. Huge. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think that's the biggest lesson. Uh, You know, that was my takeaway from, from, uh, from your room Mm -hmm. on there. Uh, You know, another thing this week, I I just want to transition into another topic here real quick. Tell me of something that I know you're going to want to talk about is we had, we had a conversation on clubhouse about this clutter thing. You you alluded to it yesterday in my unstuck room. And, um, that was very interesting. It did not go the way that I thought it was going to go. Oh, really? Well, you know, it's interesting. I clutter and clarity. Mm -hmm. This is the key. And you were talking about the person who shared and it was so great. They shared about how they were going to upgrade their whole living situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, and really all they needed to do was clean their closet out. Really? That's the synopsis of the, right. Yes. And, um, 
interesting, 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 because uh, I found that too. It's just like this drastic thinking with clutter. Like uh, clutter is a huge thing, man. Like I'm it telling is. you, it's a huge thing. And I, you know, what I did is one of the gifts I did to myself is I took a couple of days off, mm -hmm. which I rarely do. I like to do what I do, but I took a couple of days off and all I did was clean my, my, my studio. Mm -hmm. I cleaned everything. I threw things away. I donated things. We're doing that again next week. Wow. And the clarity I get from that is huge. Right. Um, yeah. But it's interesting what people share. It's the small things that they did. It wasn't the drastic things. It, it wasn't. And I think that that's, there's a real lesson. And it's funny that you're bringing this up in the, in the way that you're presenting it. One of my self-care techniques is I set my, you know, phone clock for 15 minutes and I declutter for 15 minutes because I know the end result for me is peace, restoration, and it maybe doesn't fall into what people think of as traditional self-care, but the end result, the 15 minutes is really powerful too, mm -hmm. because there's a lot that could get done in 15 minutes. And if it's a daily technique of mine to help, you know, reset my nervous system, I think it's fabulous. And I don't have necessarily the, the energy to shut down for two days and do the cleaning. But I'll, I'll tell you that 15 minutes a day for anybody who's thinking about it is powerful. It's powerful. You find things that you were looking for, you clear it out, there's less. And I know that there are studies that are coming out about decluttering and clarity, clutter and clarity. It absolutely has an effect on us. Well, um, I know our, 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 our buddy, uh, yeah. and one of the people who are the recovered life contributor, Stacy Danford is She's doing the whole process. on that. Yeah. And we'll have to have her on the show to, to, to talk about what she's doing with that. But she has that, uh, you know, in the recovered life community, she did the whole shopping addiction thing and that right. leads into clutter too, just bags of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and by the way, people who are listening to this think that that's only women. No. But, that, but that's not true because <laughs> Women I, know it isn't. <laughs> I, I went to my garage and my back table here in my back patio and I saw like it was a couple months ago and I saw bags of things that I bought at Home Depot seen in bags I didn't use. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, well, wasn't Gabri Agella's point also fabulous about how the social media apps. She was talking about oh, that. Oh, that was great. And, and that was very clear, which was, I, you know, I have divided attention. I have every app, every platform. I don't even go on these. And I was thinking about, you know, opening up your home screen and seeing all of that. And it actually inspired me to start even decluttering my home screen because of what it does to your nervous system. Um, our phones are way too fast. Our brains can't keep up. And the yeah. and the effects of being addicted to your phone are starting to show up in research, um, the anxiety that it causes. And so when she brought it down just even to that level, I thought about um, at the beginning of the year, I made a decision to unsubscribe to many, many advertisers. Yeah. And the difference that it made for me to start work and have 20 emails versus 90 I, I mean, I could tell it really, really worked. So decluttering isn't just stuff, right? It can be all kinds of things that we've, 
you know, signed up for because now they trick you. If you want 10% off, you need to sign up. <laughs> and then if you want an additional 10%, you, you need to put your phone number in so they can text you. And I don't blame them, right? This is yeah. what they do. But it is up to me. This goes back to my can't say no program. It is up to me to become the gatekeeper of my nervous system, my recovery program, my relationships, and decluttering totally applies. Yeah, well, I will I will tell you this, that I think that was what I did get out of it, that I was saying that it wasn't what I thought in a mm -hmm. way that I did not think about. It's not only things, it's thing, it's clutter of the mind. Yes. You know, and I think at the early, earlier in the year, I did a show about, we always do something on goals and we did a clubhouse mm -hmm. room on goals. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and if anybody's listening to this and they're like, what are you talking about with clubhouse? Clubhouse is an audio app. Uh, and you can get it at, you just Google clubhouse and it'll come up and you can go to the recovered life. You can find us there and just hit the green monopoly thing. And you'll know, you'll be notified with all the shows that we do, all the rooms that we do on there. And it's great because what clubhouse has done, I want to get to my point here about the mind clutter mm -hmm. technology has given us this mind clutter, um, and just unsubscribing. Like she was talking about, she never uses Twitter. Yes. Like I get like, you maybe want to reserve your name and do a couple tweets mm -hmm. a year just so you have it. Like I get that. Cause I, you know, I'm a business person and yeah, those are some things you just have to do that. But this whole thing about, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And so many, it's just clarity. It's just like, you know what, what do I really have to do that's making an impact in my life and others? Right. And, you know, just getting rid of, and I, at the beginning of the year, I talk about a technique that I've used for a long time where I just get three by five cards and I write down everything that I'm doing. And I have three piles. It's like things I need to let go of. Mm -hmm. Right. And things that I'm not unsure about whether I want to let go of. And then things I want to like really focus on. Right. And I go through them very fast. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that part of clutter is the ability to emotionally let go. Yes. And it's, it's, it's people too. It's people like, look, I, I I'm going to be the first to admit I was a slow learner mm -hmm. about a lot of this stuff in recovery. And I had people that were like hangers on mm -hmm. like, and I love them, but they really actually, I, 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 it was a it was weird codependent relationships Yes, yes. that I needed to just say no to. And my life and their life was better. Honestly, it's just like, I just needed to say no. Right. Like just to say, you know what, this no longer works for me. And they'll be right. able to walk away. When I was able to take that emo that that weight off my mind, which I call clutter, too, mm -hmm. wow, mm -hmm. things really started to move. So, so true. I, and I love it. Um, I love that process because it isn't about pushing yourself for more. You know, this, this part of, of the time, it's actually about sitting down and doing the intro introspective work and realizing, you know, I, I am the one who keeps holding on to that relationship. And I don't think people have to say no per se, because I don't want to scare people off, but not now is also a really good boundary. Not now, you know, and a lot of times when I look at an inventory of a friendship, I recognize that I'm the one who keeps calling and I'm the one who keeps putting it out there. And if I just let it go, the relationship takes care of itself. Either people right. realize they need, they need to step up their game and be more part of your life and they want to, or they go away because they're no longer able to manipulate you. So it's totally, it's totally worth the time. Well, I think that's where, where guys have an advantage sometimes, you know, <laughs> like guys are much more like, I could not hear from a friend and I have what I consider people that are some of my best friends that 
I won't talk to for a year. Mm-hmm. And then we call up and it's totally cool. You know what I mean? But I think the thing is, is that the giving and the getting, right? Right. Like if that's unbalanced, no, it's yeah. screwed. Like if you're constantly chasing people, right. it's, time to, it's time to let go because that's emotional clutter. It's just emotional clutter that you're yes. carrying around with you. And that's really what I got out. I thought we were going to talk about, do I really need five toasters? Yes. No. And could the I give one away? No. But really, what? yeah, <laughs> the answer is no, you don't. But you know what's interesting? What came out of that room was something totally different. It said, do I really need to carry this stuff around in my mind anymore? Right. Right. And I like the ritual that you do. For people that are looking yeah. for tips, that ritual is so symbolic. And, it, and it's, it's important that we do that. We do the work. Well, this has been an amazing episode. It has. Episode 81. I can't believe it. We, we've done a couple, uh, you know, we've done a couple of weeks now of live streaming. Everybody can catch us at 8 a.m. Uh, every ish. Monday ish. Ish. We're not gonna, you know, we're, we're we're still, you know, we're not tech people totally, but we're trying to get it. We're trying to get it done. So sometimes we're in a uh, a little bit of a little bit late, but we're on around eight o'clock Monday, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, can we be more any more vague than that? Around eight o'clock Monday, Wednesday. We'll get better. Friday. It's a learning. We will. <laughs> we will. But you know, the great thing about this is, Christine, is that you don't even have to worry about catching us live. You can catch the replay and all the breakout content and exclusive content on Recovered Life. And we have a Recovered Life community. Think think like a better Facebook, but you don't have to worry that your boss or your neighbor right. who doesn't know that you're in recovery, that you don't want to share things like that with them. It's private to people that are in the recovery network. That's going on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. And you can get there by going to recoveredlife.us. Right in the middle, it says, are you in recovery? You just click that. Mm-hmm. And a, f- a couple questions. You are in, man, and you are talking with the people who are doing the deal. Recovered Life contributors in all different areas, codependency, health, meditation, mm-hmm. uh, neuroscience, right. and people like you. It's really, I say it's a home group that's an app on your phone in your pocket. You can access it 24 hours a day seven days a week. I know you're on there, Christina. I am. I am. And I've met so many really beautiful people in different parts of the country share. And it just is the end of isolation. It's such a very, it's a really good tool. And like you said, uh, no, no disrespect to Facebook, but sometimes we need our own little corner that we know that there are like-minded people there. Yeah. Because all you're going to get in the feed are things that have to do with recovery and an occasional dog and cat. We like, <laughs> yes, a lot of way, dogs. If you're listening to this, we love the dog photos. We I'm love them. Dog fan. <laughs> so thank you so much. And guys, if you want to support the show, if you want to support the show and make sure that other people get this valuable message, we're, we're really all about people living their best recovered Our life. life. Mm-hmm. So you could just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash recovered life. Buy Christina and I a coffee. She won't drink the coffee, but I'll drink the coffee. I know but, you will. But those donations go directly into helping us create the best recovered life, being able to get all of this information to you mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Well, I can't believe it. We did Episode it. 81 in the can. <laughs> this was so great. Good. All Have right. a great weekend, Christina. Everybody, bye. Thank bye. you. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.